0: Hi, this is Kelly Alexander, and you are listening to Awakened Nation with Brad Zalas.
1: A huge shift is taking place on planet Earth. People seem to be waking up, tired of the way things used to be. They are creating something brand new and changing the world we live in. My name is Brad Zalas, and I get to sit down with the next generation of idea makers, the disruptors, and the game changers, everyday people just like you and me from all over who are doing amazing things. Welcome to Awakened Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Awakened Nation. I have a great guest on today, and this is one of my, a lot of you may be uh, niche readers or you have a hobby. Well, one of my hobbies is uh, not only uh, the tax code, but economics and how it works and things like that and government and, and all these things. Uh, contrarian, as they say. Would you would you call it that, Kelly?
0: Uh, sure i mean there's there's the the uh the normal mainstream way of thinking about these things and then there's totally off the
1: beaten path there you go so if you're curious about our tax code and how to pay less in taxes legally and also Mm -hmm. to understand what you are obligated to do you're going to love today's guest and i'm going to read your bio real quick Kelly Alexander is the founder of Great American Tax Remedy, which empowers American taxpayers like you to liberate themselves from federal and state income taxes through powerful little known banking laws that anyone legally working in the private sector of the United States can leverage. Wanting to understand and become a more empowered citizen, Kelly embarked on a quest that after a decade of research and some painful dealings with the IRS, led her to uncovering secrets of the tax system and banking laws. What she unexpectedly discovered was a legitimate way to opt out of today's usurious and misleading tax system. Sharing those discoveries and empowering others to apply them correctly is now her life's calling. Welcome to the show, Kelly Alexander, and we're going to talk a little bit more about your upcoming book, From Fear to Freedom, Liberating from the U.S. Income Tax System. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Awaken Nation.
0: Wow! Thank you so much. Good to be here.
1: You're welcome. Uh, so let's dive dive in right away. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there, <laughs> and we're gonna have fun with this because sure. those of you who are listening, I want you to take notes, uh, and I want you to connect uh, with Kelly as well because uh, we're gonna we're gonna give you a lot of information today. And so I'm just gonna ask you: You're not a CPA or a financial advisor. What made you decide to create a Great American Tax Remedy?
0: Well, it's been I I see in retrospect a lifelong process of coming to that decision uh, just a couple of years ago I remember when I got my first job at age 16 in a fast-food place uh, being given a W4 and I read it and it says on there if you expect to pay no income tax for the current year and you owed no income tax for the prior year, write in exempt on this line. And I read that. And I thought, well, they're telling us there's a way to be exempt. And
1: right. it was
0: like that little grain of sand that in the oyster that was sitting there for years. I would say 30 years before I really started digging into this subject consciously and seriously. Over my life, I just got just little hints of things that you know there's there's something more going on than what's on the surface or apparent, and I'm very curious and um, I'm more of an introvert, introspective personality, and so I started doing research and I learned things and I um, became aware of uh, some group that was showing people a way to. Prepare a tax return that would that was a reflection of your banking activity more than your income, and it led to my husband and I receiving a pretty significant uh, refund from IRS, but not money based or not a refund based on money we had paid in. So. That was what led to my debacle with IRS because while there were some elements of that process that had some merit, as a whole system, it was flawed. And so I don't remember exactly the timing, but several months after we received that refund, we started getting calls and letters and knocks on the door from IRS and then engaged in this very long, drawn-out process of we needed to pay that money back. Okay, fine. But I knew in my gut that there, there had to be a legitimate way. So instead right. of going fetal and rolling up in a ball, paralyzed forever, I dealt with it and I just kept learning. And little by little by little, I just kept being led to more and more different information. And that's when I discovered this this remedy that i now teach okay so i found some websites and on websites there was a lot of truth but there's a lot of opinions and so it was a process of sifting through what's the fact what's the fiction what's the opinion and i started doing a lot of testing and bushwhacking for lack of a better word (laughs) and um, so that's how i developed what i teach now
1: that's fantastic yeah yeah you know i think what happened is you discovered a loophole in the law because you understood the law and what happened is they realized what you had done and they had a little egg on their face because i notice if someone finds a loophole the following year they pass a law to, to close that loophole if you've ever noticed how, how tax code works.
0: Okay, so let me clarify something. I, I have not actually looked up the definition of loophole but I'm gonna say that our common understanding is that it's some kind of a technicality that has been created that allows people to do something that otherwise is just not legit. Right. Kind of like, I don't know, some kind of get out of jail free card or whatever. The remedy that I now teach, I do not consider a loophole at all. In fact, they cannot close it. And once I unwind this, you'll understand why they absolutely cannot close it. So because it is based actually not in the tax code it's based in banking law and yes so i'm going to give you a little historical background of what led to the statutory basis for this method and why it cannot be closed
1: go ahead i'm fascinated by this 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 is exciting
0: yes this will help people overcome their initial skepticism which is legitimate Right. Because there are many people that have tried to escape the taxes, and they've come up with theories and ideas, and, and it's been hit and miss, a right. lot of miss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so back when uh, FDR was president, 1933, the country's going through horrible t- you know, economic times. And he establishes this banking holiday. And with that came his executive order requiring the citizens to turn in their gold in exchange for Federal Reserve notes. And this is when the country went off the gold standard that was up to that time backing our currency. Right. Okay, so that's the setup. So, as this is going on, a congressman at the time, May 23rd, 1933, gets up on the floor and says, we cannot take the citizens' gold and give them paper money that is no longer backed by gold and call that an equitable exchange. If we do this, we are committing treason and theft against the people. Right. So, from May 23rd till June 5th, which is extraordinarily fast for Congress to act as as that is. I mean, that's, that's extraordinary because the judiciary committee recognized that what this congressman was saying was absolutely valid. So they, so the Congress passed something H called HJR, which stands for house joint resolution 192 as part of that resolution to uh, codes got added to the United States Code, Title 12. The first one is Title 12 USC 411 and the other is Title 12 USC uh, 95A2. And those statutes are the heart and the soul and the meat of the remedy that I teach. And it allows for people to, to basically reconcile that unequitable exchange when they gave up their gold for paper money. And so because without those statutes, the Congress would be liable for sedition, treason, theft, blah, 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 they cannot be eliminated. So let me just tell you a little bit about the primary one is Title 12, subsection 411. Mm -hmm. It states that Our current paper money, which Federal Reserve was begun in 1913, the first 20 years it was backed by gold. That's when the gold standard ended. And from that point on, Federal Reserve notes were redeemable for the term lawful money. In today's context, because we still do not have a gold standard, in fact, it's gotten watered down even more since 1933, lawful money is an umbrella term that refers to the currency that our U.S. Congress has always been authorized to issue based on our Constitution into circulation without the need for a middleman Federal Reserve. Wow. Okay, so when the Federal Reserve Act was passed, that authority got transferred to that body to issue the money for the country, but it did not remove the ability of the Congress to continue its own ability to do that as well. Okay. Okay, Mm -hmm. so lawful money in our current era refers to United States notes. Okay. Which, which is seldom ever heard of people don't know that they exist because we're so conditioned and federal reserve notes are the primary dominant default currency of the country um however the this statute 12411 allows federal reserve notes to be redeemed for lawful money in this current case or you know current time United States notes these two forms of money have very different characteristics when it comes to taxation and obligations on the US government so Federal Reserve notes create an obligation for the government to pay them back at interest to the Federal Reserve okay
1: okay right
0: so because of that obligation it's, it's no wonder that the, our current IRS was established the exact same year that the Federal Reserve came into being, 1913, right. Be- because IRS is the debt collection arm for the Federal Reserve to ensure that the United States obligation is met and fulfilled.
1: A lot of people don't know that. Yes, no, they don't. I hope everybody's taking notes, but Woodrow Wilson on Christmas Eve, 1913, uh, signed into law the Internal Revenue System and the Federal Reserve. And here's what people don't seem to understand. They walked right into buildings that had already been built for them, which takes three to four years to do. And (laughs) they started all of this right off the bat. And even Woodrow Wilson himself said, near the end of his presidency or his life. I forget what he said. He said, I have doomed my fellow man. Um, and he was, he was actually referring to signing these acts and he was, he was forced to do this. So if you don't think the the federal reserve and the IRS are working in tandem together, um, you might want to look at history uh, there. So Kelly, this is fascinating. Let's keep going. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. So when, our United States government issues currency directly without a middleman central bank, there is no obligation that comes with that. Who do you pay it back to? Mm -hmm. Okay, it allows the country to function and grow. And when it's done responsibly, it's a reflection of the economic growth of the nation. And when we started off with 13 colonies and now we're 50 states, And we're a very creative, industrious, productive people as a whole. So naturally, goods and services are going to be created and money is expanding and growing. And so that's how the founding fathers envisioned the country to function permanently. Yeah,
1: because they were entrepreneurs. They understood every single signer of the Declaration of Independence, 56 men, uh, were entrepreneurs. And some people have argued with me. They said, well, they were lawyers and doctors. I said, well, that's still an entrepreneur because your practice is based on your skills. So you have to be an independent business person. These people understood business and commerce and keeping it out of the hands of the kings or an authoritative government. So sorry to interrupt. Go. No, go no, on, no. Kelly.
0: No, that's great because they wanted to escape the flaws that they saw in Europe where they came from. Yes. And they did not want a central bank. Right. So, okay. So, because United States notes issued from our Congress do not create an obligation to be paid back with interest added, United States notes are tax exempt. Wow. Period. Ta da. Ta da. And who who even know that there was another currency that we have the choice to utilize?
1: Yeah, we're not told this. No, of course not. We're not told any of this. Uh, If you buy gold, you step outside of the taxation system. If you know that there's another currency, then guess what? You are stepping out of the system. Uh, People don't realize this. There is a reason why the tax code... um, and I'm not going to use this term, I was going to say cluster, you know what? Um, The tax code is written with confusion in mind for a specific reason. And this is why corporations need a bevy of lawyers um, and can pay zero in taxes while the rest of us um, are kind of the peasants who have to to pay into this. And I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting here, you know, being anti-whatever. I'm just saying that there's a law in place that is keeping you down. I want you to think, those of you who are listening to the show, all those years of taxes that you paid, would you be upset to know that you paid all those taxes illegally under a system that you didn't have to, that didn't exist before 1913? Go, go on, Kelly. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of my subjects I love.
0: I don't want to say that people are paying taxes
1: illegally. Sure. I can edit that out.
0: No, no, no. It, it, it's worth... It's worth talking about. Uh, so much of it is based on our own ignorance and our own failure to be vigilant about what our government is doing. Yeah. And really, truly, what the founding fathers set up was a republic, not a democracy. Yes. And a republic has two Achilles' heels. One is that it requires a very, very informed citizenry for it to right. function correctly. And in my opinion, we don't have that.
1: We haven't had a republic since 1865, as far as I, my own research. Yeah. Um, when they suspended the Constitution uh, during the Civil War and then the laws began to shift. And if you look at the... the um, uh, the Bill of Rights R- right by the time we start to get to the 13th and 14th of amendment before that it was The amendments were about saying what the government is limited in what it could do right. After the 14th amendment, it's now the government telling the people if you look at the language the, the the language shifts and it's now the government telling the people what they're allowed so that those first 12 amendments Um, were written in such a way that it limited the power of the government. And so I don't think we've returned to constitutional law. Uh, We used to be under British common law. Uh, I don't think we've returned to that since 1865. I could be wrong, but I'm just putting it out there.
0: Yeah, I I wouldn't go so far as to say that the republic has been abolished. It's kind of like it's there, but the lights are out and hardly anyone's home.
1: Exactly. That's a great. That's a great way of putting it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And a lot of people don't know the difference between democracy and a republic. And uh, I mean, I'll I'll say it a little bit. And that that is each person is an individual representing, you know, themselves, and the government cannot encroach on certain things that they do. um But whereas a democracy is, if the law they decide to get everybody emotionally upset, then they can vote outside of the law. The law doesn't matter anymore. And it can be changed according to civil law which is political law so the tone is completely different and it's considered mob rule whatever you can get people emotionally stirred up about in a democracy they'll just vote for that and change everything rather than the structure of a republic which sits there under logic and certain uh norms that that affect our tort law and our criminal justice system
0: yes so Pure democracy, just to very simplify it, is when three wolves and two sheep vote on what's for dinner.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Now, we don't have a pure democracy. We have kind of a blending of representative democracy. However, it's heading more and more and more towards what I just described. Oh, yeah. Where the rights of a minority are usurped because of the majority emotional you know de jure uh mood of yeah. the day well
1: it's true and um i even noticed that if 70 percent of the american public doesn't want a particular bill passed and turned into law congress doesn't care anymore they just do it so right. if if the majority says they don't want a law I don't even think we're under democracy anymore. I think we're we, not they being just represented. do whatever they want. Not our at will, all.
0: Our will is not being represented very
1: well at all. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that. So, so let's let's get back to more to what you're talking about because this is this is just adding some of the flavoring to the soup sure. that we're putting together here. Because sure. um, Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: um okay. So I know we've started so many lines of thought. I'm I well, ask me where you want me to pick up where I left off.
1: Because- I love that this sort of, you're not, you don't want people to think that the tax code is, is you know, something that we're trying to, but but to understand how the government has shifted and changed things, um, just to have revenue flowing to the Federal Reserve. Because we're we're really paying them is who we're paying. Not, we make the checkout to the U.S. Treasury, but it really is going to the Federal Reserve.
0: Right. Right. That is the relationship. The Federal Reserve, the IRS, and the Department of the Treasury have this agreement, and so they all work together to that end. So what I remember what I was going to say, and this is um, my opinion. Uh, you know, certain things I have a sense of, but I have not been able to absolutely verify. Um, but okay the tax code because you you mentioned earlier about who's writing these convoluted endless yeah tax codes my hunch is that you know when we hear that term the top one percent that are you know running the show they're the the most wealthy and they're setting up the system to benefit themselves yeah. So this complexity of what I understand now to be over 83,000 pages of tax code. Wow. No no one can master that.
1: No, not it's, at all. It's
0: just it's just it's too voluminous. And you know there's CPAs that are brilliant people who are very well studied smart people and by and large they do a a good job of keeping people out of trouble with IRS, but they have to specialize. Yeah. Because mastering that, it's, it's just too much. It is. Yeah. So um, with my method, you don't even have to worry about the tax code anymore. You can literally just step away from it. And by learning how to convert your Federal Reserve income into lawful money, i.e., United States notes, you just leave all of that complexity and stress and, you know, fear to the side. And it's really not hard. It's such a simple process when you, you know, as you understand, it has to do with how you endorse your income prior to depositing it into your checking or banking account.
1: Wow, I'd love to learn this. How do people yeah. get a hold of you uh, because you 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 wanted to share something with our listeners today? Uh, how do we get a hold of you?
0: Okay, there's two ways. I have a a landing page that's www.mytaxremedy.com and there you can receive an introduction to this method as a free download and if you want to connect with me directly you can uh email me at info at mytaxremedy.com excellent either of those two ways
1: yes kelly alexander let's keep going because i find this i find this fascinating um that we're living in these times <laughs> and um, this is a fascinating conversation because, and I think it's time has come. And, and so I, wa- I want to ask, when you work with people, how do you, how do you help them? You just kind of uh, talked about that a little bit. You help them just step out of the system.
0: Right. They still file a tax return, but, they're, but we, we step away from the actual tax code code things. And I was going to say tax code. The keyword is code. It's very coded. (laughs) Like you said, it's confusing. Uh, Definitions are bizarre if they're even available. So as I was learning this, I was just so excited. It's like, wow. (laughs) <laughs> here it is it's like here it is it was you know coming together piece by piece and I I started telling people right left instead of go go to these websites and the information is there and then when I when you know, like a year or plus would go by and I would ask you so you know tell me what you found not a single person followed through yep. and it blew me away
1: but I could have told you that
0: well <laughs> So I realized that people need, they need handholding. They need someone who's at least somewhat familiar with law and so forth. Like I said, I'm not an attorney. I'm not, a, I have no license at all. Right. I have in, inquisitiveness and persistence. And so what I realized is that people need someone to take them through the process, explain it all in very layman friendly terms, show them, teach them, et cetera. And that's what I do. And I love doing that.
1: You see, people like you have to exist because you you find joy in this. You get excited by this. Now, uh, I'll give you a good example. My dad was a chiropractor and a bachelor's degree in chemistry back when people didn't get bachelor's degrees, he got one. And so he could never understand, I'm an artist, and so my math head was horrible, but I wanted to be a medical illustrator. My problem is back then, I didn't have the brain to do the math part. So I, mm. could, I could just never do the pre-med, I could def- but I got straight A's in anatomy. I went to school for art and design and uh, straight A's in anatomy, and I wound up through the back door working in the pharmaceutical industry, helping, you know, with medical stuff. So I, I gravitated towards it, but it takes a special kind of person like you who loves this work. And the average person just, it's, it's a whirlwind, a cacophony of where to look, how to do it. Yeah, it's overwhelming. overwhelming. So thank the good Lord above for someone like you who is obsessed. (laughs) You're like the person who does the New York times crossword puzzle every Sunday. Um, (laughs) And well, I'd love I that. I'd love that about you. Um,
0: well, you know, you couldn't get me to do a crossword for anything, but, right.
1: but this, what's
0: behind <laughs> it is helping people to their freedom, empowering yeah. people. That's what yeah. excites me. I grew up a shy, you know, kid. I knew early on I needed help. I, you know, I was terrified of people and life and situations I got through high school with a relative amount of grace because I started learning how to play a musical instrument, which I adored. Um,
1: what do you play by the way?
0: I played flute and piccolo. And then I, uh, the last year of the marching band, we were short of horn players. So I took up the trumpet.
1: You and I have a lot in common. I was in and, drumline. Um, line, drumline.
0: I, Yes. I saw your video. When years. You, yeah. 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 So, I mean, I have a, a lot of artistic background. My former career was in fashion design and interior design. Wow. Um, but looking back over my life, I realized that liberation was a key motivator for me. Wow. And being able to realize it and then the next thing was naturally to want to share it with others. I want people to be empowered, free, reach their potential, grow, all of that. It's, that's, to me, the most exciting thing. I love movies that are about transformation. Me too. So.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Kelly Alexander, the founder of <laughs> Great American Tax Remedy. Um, now, let's, let's talk about this. Have you had any um, clients that you've worked with? You make it simple. You know, there's not a lot of paperwork. there's everything else. But if you had the IRS like come after people or question this or do you, do you really catch them kind of with their pants down a little bit?
0: Okay. So I had one client uh, receive a frivolous filing notice um, a year ago. And I spoke with him and I said, okay, here's what we can do. And he was going to get married the very next month. And his mind was there. And he says, you know what, Kelly, I'm just not in the place to take this on right now. So I says, okay, then all you need to do is go back and amend your return the traditional way. You're going to be forfeiting the, the refund that you would otherwise be entitled to. And, um, you know, if you want to in the future, we can take this up again when you're in a a different place, and he has not contacted me. Um, However, I have been praying that the IRS would just send me a frivolous filing letter because it's been five years uh, since I started this method, and for five years I have been getting full refunds of any money I paid for federal taxes.
1: How far back? How far back, or is it just year to year?
0: Since... Just, well, it starts from the present going forward when you start converting, i.e., redeeming Federal Reserve money for lawful money.
1: Uh-huh. So,
0: my first year of doing this was 2014. So, in June of this year, I received a frivolous filing notice from IRS. I got my prayer answered and I submitted paperwork to them, and they have gone completely silent.
1: Yeah, because you, so, you stepped out of the system. They don't know what to do with that.
0: Right. You know, I still, you know, okay, so this is September, so June, July, August. We're going on three months um, since they got my reply. Um, but by now, surely they would have you know, issued me that civil penalty of $5,000 and, you know, yada, yada, but they have not. So I just want to give a little more time before I can say, look, this is proof of concept. Absolutely. You know, um, yeah.
1: Well, a lot of people don't know that the headquarters for the IRS is Puerto Rico. Which is not part of the United States. So that's starting to come out. Uh, you know, there are little tiny glitches in the matrix that are being revealed slowly. Mm-hmm. And I think the work you're doing is uh, exemplary because this is needed. Uh, there are a lot of people that have been indoctrinated in the school systems and they don't look any further than what they've been told. Right. And and when you start to look at the millions of dollars, and it is millions if you look at a lifetime of paying into the system, and you get back really nothing if you think about Social Security, um, what starts to take place is I hope you get angry, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you get upset um, because, uh, you know, there are people out there that talk about this paying your fair share in taxes. You want to talk about that? (laughs) Because I, I yes,
0: (laughs) paying your fair share, in my opinion, is absolute propaganda. Paying your fair share, or or what I should say is your fair share is zero. Yeah, that's your fair share.
1: This country was founded on that.
0: There is so much guilt. By the government on the popular oh well you got to pay your fair share I mean come on how else is the government gonna run besides income tax I have a list that's five and a half pages long of all the other taxes that our governments federal state and local collect sales taxes property taxes excise taxes luxury taxes permit fees, license fees. Uh, It goes on and on and on, and they keep adding. I just read an article that somewhere in New Jersey, they're trying to figure out how to tax the tap water. Yeah. I mean.
1: It's never ending.
0: To me, they're like drug addicts, and they just can't get enough.
1: And for those of you who think, you know, we're anti-government, we're we're, we're rabble-rousers, let me clue you in on a little reality. (laughs) the founding fathers of this country had set this system up to get away from exactly what we're going through right now and that is this overtaxation this this treating individuals as serfs which are slaves to the king our modern form of government actually came out of the dark ages the system that we use now common law and so what has taken place over the years we originally started out with you, you know, if you use something, you paid a tax on it. So the government always got their revenue from you making a choice to buy tobacco, alcohol, or purchasing a firearm. So we still see that in this day and age when you go to buy groceries or you go to the store, you get the state sales tax. So that's a consumption tax. And then they added on the revenue tax. And uh, when this was formed in 1913, I believe it was sold to the American public as we're going to tax the rich. And so it started out, and you, there's a chart online you can look at. For two years, they went after people who made $20,000 a year and over. Well, if you know anything about your, your economics, very few people made $20,000 a year in 1913, and in 1914, into 1916. So what they did is they actually uh shifted the tax code by 1916 they shifted the tax code to go after the regular population and so you can see the history of how they they went from you know consumption tax to now revenue so you were your money was taken from you working and that's where we shifted into serfdom almost um that's how the kings of old got money out of people and guess what The more, the bigger the population, the more money they collect. So if they can get more and more people into the country who are paying, you know, into this system, guess what? Mm -hmm. They get more revenue. And that's what it's all based on, folks.
0: When the income tax first started, it was at 1%. Mm -hmm. Wow. We we think of that as like, oh, nobody would even object to that. That's like, oh. That's I'll take that any day.
1: That's how it That's starts. That's how it starts. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I, this is a good chance to, to bring up this feeling that we are guilt tripped into our obligation to pay taxes. What I really, really want to share is that not only is this not getting away with something, this method actually helps the US government reckon with its national debt. Right. So let me explain the national debt. Congress wants to, let's say they wanted to create some spending bill, $15 for infrastructure. This is all hypothetical. So what they do is they create a $15 billion bond, which is essentially an IOU. They give it to the Federal Reserve as collateral. The Federal Reserve in exchange credits 15 billion dollars to the United States Department of Treasury checking account, and now Congress can go out and spend that money. When people start redeeming Federal Reserve notes for United States notes, it means that the Federal Reserve must surrender an equivalent amount of those. Bonds that it holds as collateral back to the US Treasury. So, hypothetically, let's say somebody endorses their income, i.e., they redeem it out of Federal Reserve notes into United States notes, uh, $100,000 in any given year. The Federal Reserve must take $100,000 of those bonds, collapse it, and it goes away. The national debt comes down $100,000 beautiful. It's a beautiful win-win situation. Now, if you know anything about fractional reserve lending, which is a very, very creative way that the central (laughs) bank, Federal Reserve has figured out to stack the deck in their favor, any deposits that we make into our bank accounts can be used as a basis for nine to 10 times that amount money lended for whether it's mortgages consumer loans credit loans all kinds of stuff so let's say you deposit over the course of a year hundred thousand dollars that bank can generate new money not existing money new money into circulation Nine hundred thousand to a million dollars, based on your hundred thousand dollar deposit.
1: Mm-hmm. Magic.
0: Yes. So the redemption of Federal Reserve notes not only does it lower the national debt hundred thousand dollars, it keeps it from growing another nine hundred thousand to a million. That's very powerful. That is. And because I don't believe that our Congress has the spine to abolish the Federal Reserve directly, which it could, we don't have to wait for our Congress to do it individually one at a time. And that's what I help people do. I show you how to take back the power that you have had all along, just like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. She could have gotten home as soon as she had those ruby slippers. Wow. And it's not much harder than three clicks of the heel.
1: That's It's phenomenal. really
0: not hard.
1: No, it's not. You it's make just it sound-
0: knowledge that is so tucked away and obscured.
1: Once again, Kelly Alexander, uh, they should go to www.mytaxremedy.com uh, or you can shoot her an email at info. At mytaxremedy.com as well. Book an appointment with her. I think uh, this would be incredibly worth it uh, for anyone who, especially if you've been struggling with the IRS and you've been dealing with issues. Uh, for these how many years, it's time to wake up and take back your freedom. Uh, let's talk about your upcoming book, From Fear to Freedom, Liberation from the U.S. Income Tax System, and it has helped small business owners, W-2 wage earners, doctors, investors, etc., cut their taxes by tens of thousands of dollars, legally, without complicated strategies, are scrounging for new deductions, while at the same time lowering the U.S. debt, which you just explained. Let's talk about your new book coming out. This is exciting. Is this your first book?
0: Yes. Yes, it is. Woohoo!
1: New author. Yes. Nice. <laughs> yes. So when's yes. it coming out?
0: So um I actually don't have a specific date yet. I have so much on my plate right now. Um I'm doing my best to, you know, get the word out in all kinds of ways, this being one of them. I'm hoping to get it out by the end of this year, however. Good. Excellent. So, yeah.
1: Well, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. I think it is so needed. Uh, and uh, I met you through my good buddy, Adam Homie. Uh, yes. Let me tell you this. We're in a time mm-hmm. and an age where people are getting this incredible knowledge. This is the digital age. And it is about getting very specific knowledge. And you bring this uh, to the table, this ability to take back your power and not be this, you know, not be this person that's scared and cowering in the corner and, and, and being uptight, but somebody who understands that we are the power in this matrix. And that was the original design under the U S constitution, sovereignty and the ability to own your own property or the king of your own castle or the queen of your own castle Mm -hmm. and being able to take back that power, uh, And just you know fight the good fight and stand in your own in your own sovereignty and your own prosperity so yes
0: yes. I'm not a big fan of fighting if it's at all possible to avoid I like to do things as peacefully and simply and smoothly as possible and this process really doesn't involve fighting it's just has to do with knowledge that is really relevant and really applicable
1: yeah I I liken it to when somebody has credit card companies coming after them and there's laws there that say they can't do half of what they're doing Mm -hmm. and the interest rates they're piling on, those are all illegal. But if you don't know that and you don't know that the system allows them to do illegal things, you will just cower in the corner and and not know what to do. So here's your chance to get empowered, uh, to get powerful and stand uh, with somebody Uh, Who knows what they're talking about. Very excited. I am so happy you're a a guest on today's show. I'm going to ask you one closing question. Uh, What do you do for fun?
0: Uh, I love being out in nature and going hiking. I love to garden. Uh, Nature just gives me a great sense of balance and inspiration. So I I also enjoy watching movies, especially uplifting ones. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, being around the people I love. So...
1: Fantastic. Do you still get a chance to play some music or enjoy the flute or any of those things? Trumpet. I have,
0: I have not done that in years. I do look forward to a day when I could do that again. Right now, it's it's not. It's just not really practical for me.
1: Yeah. I uh, um. I, I have my. I have a drum set in my. Um, uh, it's kind of in the alcove in the dining room, and uh, I know if uh-huh. I played the drums, I would drive my neighbors up a wall. <laughs> but so I have a little practice pad; oh. it keeps me going. But um, yeah. I think a flute is uh, would be great outdoors in nature. Maybe not a trumpet so much. Uh, yeah, about.
0: <laughs> yeah. I even thought instead of the flute and the piccolo, get a, I want to get a bass flute, The Ooh. lower, mellower.
1: That would that, be cool. That
0: would be. Yeah, that'd out, be awesome.
1: <laughs> get some bongos and a didgeridoo. And, yeah, you know, band. yeah. So uh, what do you want to say in closing? Because uh, I want everybody to, to reach out for your wonderful offer at mytaxremedy.com. But what do you want to close with?
0: Well, okay. So a few things. For people, um, like I said, this is for people that are legally living in the United States typically paying 10000 a year or more in taxes. Um, what I've found is that this method tends to resonate with a lot of people and taking action on it can be varying degrees of discomfort because it's right. so unique. So there's a way for people to step into this method without it being all or nothing. And I want you to know that. I worked with some people that um, loved the idea, but they were just kind of nervous. So right. I said, let's find out what tax bracket you're in, and let's apply the, the lawful money exemption enough to lower your tax bracket and save you a chunk of money, but still you know, kind of a mixture of both worlds. And that worked for them, and they got a small victory their first year. And then they got more confident, and they grew, and so each year, you know, they're stepping forward a little bit more. Um, I wanted to know people to know that that route is possible, also. That's phenomenal. Um, you know, it, there, You know, we we can modify it to suit your um, comfort level. I like to right. encourage people, but ultimately, it's your process. I hold your hand through it. And I show you case law, and I uh, show you how to interact with IRS if you're ever to get a phone call or a knock on the door, how to prepare for that, so you're not, oh, right, you know. So it's it's really not hard. It's just when you learn the information, it it empowers you to take a step, and then the next step, and then the next step.
1: I agree with that. Okay, I like that. So, yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question because I have a couple of accountants and people that I know of. um, They would love to learn your method and get trained under you. Is it possible that you have a program where people are, you know, you have people out in the, in the country doing what you do uh, under your, your great American tax remedy.
0: I would love to do that. It's been one of my visions is to find um, other tax preparers that, would be willing to embark on this path. I have, yeah, uh, I have found that most CPAs are not that open. I have found one so far that is, um, they're highly regulated and they're highly indoctrinated and they're brilliant Uh, people.
1: Well, I'm going to send you two people (laughs) that are going to just love you and they will work with you because, um, yeah. Yeah. And they love this challenge. They love the, but this is the next level. This is the next level of training. This is Olympic level stuff. (laughs) So Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. But I think we're at an era in our national history where there is so much stress and tension that it's pushing people to reach out and look for real solutions.
1: Isn't that the truth? And
0: that's good.
1: That is the truth. You hit the nail on the head with that. I think people have reached, you know, we're like rats on a sinking ship. Uh The stress level, you know, the the digital age was supposed to make us only work four hours a day, according to George (laughs) Jetson, you know, uh, pushing that button all day long. And guess where we are now? We are highly stressed. I don't know anybody who's working less than 10 hours a day uh, or has multiple streams of income that they're Mm -hmm. hustling. I don't know anybody who isn't doing that. And it's because the federal reserve has made the dollar worthless. So people are hustling and hustling and hustling. I mean, who would have known that making a hundred thousand dollars a year could barely have you making ends meet. If you have a family.
0: I know it's unfathomable a decade ago.
1: Right? I mean, this is crazy talk. And so this is your chance. To get some relief and I think more and more people are waking up this is why the tiny house movement is happening this is why Mm -hmm. there's a simpler lifestyle happening this is why people are getting rid of their credit cards and their debt Mm -hmm. and they want to live simpler because they realize something isn't right something
0: isn't right yes there I'm the the the, uh, intuitive sense is pretty widespread now yeah which is good that's gonna lead to good things
1: it's going to lead to an awakened nation.
0: Yes. There you go.
1: <laughs> See how I did you it? Go. It's the first time I've done that. And it was all for you, Kelly. Thank you yes. so much. Thank you for being on today's show, uh, Kelly. Oh, it's uh, a
0: delight. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. And
1: we'll probably have you on again next season. Uh, okay. Thank you once again for being on. And uh, I'll, I'll reach out to Adam and say thank you for having you on uh, today. So
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Have an awesome day.
1: Thank you so much for being a big part of the Awakened Nation movement. This is how you can help me and our extraordinary guests. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please share it out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let's grow this movement by word of mouth. Our success will be because of you. Thank you, and see you next week.